for freedom every day. They're learning at a young age. They're being taught the socialists control the ones that are blaming Republicans for being Nazis or being fascist, the ones that are promoting some type of cancel culture, the ones that are promoting some type of agenda of uh, shadow banning. Realize at a young age that, hey, sure, you can have your freedom of speech, but we can block your funding. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. What's up? Welcome into it. Hey, it is. Hey, I got to I gotta calm myself down a little bit. Too excited, man. It's a Labor Day weekend. What can I tell you? It is one of those weekends we don't get very often, although there is a weird story behind Labor Day weekend, which we'll get into in just a minute. So, hey, welcome into it. Happy weekend. This is The Voice Reason. I am Andy Hoosier, broadcasting out of the heart of the nation here on the Plains, the Patriot on the Plains at the Hoosier Media Network Studios, and it's wonderful to have you along for the ride with us today. We got a big couple hours lined up for you. Bottom of this hour, we've had a guest that he hasn't been on for about a year, and it's his one-year anniversary of his book, The Woking Dead, Why Society's Vogue Virus Destroys Our Culture. We'll have him on at the bottom of the hour. Uh, He's also the president of Publius PR, which a lot of the guests that we have on the program, a lot of people that we chat with, experts and authors and so on and so forth, they come through his PR agencies. So we love everything that he does. He's a great fighter, great patriot, and look forward to chatting with him at the bottom of this hour. Hey, before we get into it, though, programming note, want to welcome a couple new stations onto the program. Uh, go up to the Seattle, Washington area. What's up? 920 KGTK Megatalk, baby, out of Olympia, Washington, along with Megatalk 1400 KITZ in Silverdale in that Seattle and Tacoma areas up in the state of Washington. What a beautiful area. I promise you I will make it up one of these times because I am dying to get up to see the state of Washington and see Seattle. Although, you know, the politics in Seattle, a little bit out there, a little bit crazy, but that's all right. We'll have some fun. So welcome aboard. It's an honor to have you along for the ride. We are excited to be up in the state of Washington, and we'll be talking to a lot of your elected officials here soon and focusing on some politics. We actually just interviewed during the weekdays, so we may have to have him on on this program now. Uh, We had on a candidate for the governor's race in the Washington area, Semi Bird. So we'll have him on the show soon again with the campaign update in the state of Washington. Because have no fear, my friends, the voice of reason is is officially here. If I can can talk on a weekend, it's the weekend and it's Labor Day. What do you expect? Which, happy Labor Day to you. I can only imagine the vast majority of listeners right now sitting on a beach or sitting out in their garage or sitting in their backyard, barbecuing, having an adult beverage. It's probably not Bud Light. I'm just guessing. Could be, though. Who knows? Unless it's free. I guess Kid Rock ended his boycott now that it's free, and he just uh, there's a picture with him drinking a Bud Light relatively recently. So regardless, uh, it's going to be a uh, it's going to be a great weekend for some. But what's really the history behind Labor Day? And I really want to have the conversation to at least understand it. Now, for most of us, it's just being have a day off to enjoy, which is I guess what the intent was of it behind the scenes back in the day. However. We still have to remember exactly where it came from, where it didn't have the prettiest of starts, as in it started with a labor union that was really pushing to have Labor Day. Now, for those that have listened to my program for any stint of time, you'll find out very quickly that uh, labor unions are the spawn of Satan, according to us here on The Voice of Reason. Oh, oh yes. Oh, yes. You're not a fan of uh, the labor union in any way, shape, or form. But before we get into that, let's talk about the history for just a moment. While you're sitting on your back porch, sitting out in the camper, sitting out on the beach, doing what you do, enjoying your holiday, and uh, or maybe just traveling too, maybe go see family and friends with your extremely high $4 gallons of gas, 
because of you, by the way, it's all your fault because it's too hot for you to go drill for oil. Labor Day originally started with the push to try and recognize the day back on February 21st of 1887. I'm not going to do this massive history lesson for you. However, the first states that proposed it was the state of Oregon, where they tried to recognize it in 1887. Directly after, four states, including Colorado, Massachusetts, New Jersey, and New York, also passed laws creating a Labor Day holiday. And they believe, theoretically, that the holiday originally came from in 1882 from Peter McGuire, the General Secretary for the Brotherhood of Carpenters and Joiners and a co-founder of the American Federation of Labor, saying that they should set aside a day for, quote, the general holiday for laboring classes to honor those who from rude nature have delved and carved all the grandeur that we behold. Sounds like a nice thing, right? That's what the labor unions are for, trying to take care of the people, recognize their hard work. And you know what? We do need a day to recognize the hard work of the American general population, right? So if you are one of those hard workers, those blue-collar workers, those uh, the, the ironic part actually is, which is why this is kind of funny, is that most retail stores are still open, right? So while we recognize the hard work of the laborers across the nation, while the blue-collar workers and the factory workers may have a day off because the labor union saved them, right? The retail store, the general store, the grocery store, the gas station store, the rest of them that you're going out trying to enjoy during your Labor Day weekend, they still have to labor to serve you. So well done, labor unions. You again, my friends, have been able to save the day by not taking care of the ones that you're actually supposed to be taking care of. This is exactly why I am not a fan of labor unions in any way, shape, or form. Here's a reason why, a perfect reason why. I live in the state of Kansas. One of the biggest industries we have, at least in the area where we're at, in the Wichita area or near the Wichita area, is, of course, the aerospace engineering. We have a lot of people that build airplanes, Spirit Aerosystems, and Boeing, and a whole bunch of other companies that make different parts for airplanes, both for commercial use and for military use and for NASA. Now we just got contracts for SpaceX. There's a lot of workers out here that build these types of things. Really cool industry. Recently... There was negotiations for Spirit Aerosystems to make uh, a contract with their machinist union to continue work. Now, they haven't updated their contracts, and I think it was like eight years or 15 years, whatever it was, so it needed an update. Okay, cool. However, the machinist union sat down with the company of Spirit to come up with a contract for their workers to continue on. And they came up with certain things, including a 18% salary increase for their workers. Not too shabby. And it spanned out over the, like the next three or four years. And near 30% increase in benefits for their benefits for retirement or investments into the company or healthcare benefits or whatever it was. Massive amounts. I mean, we're talking 20% increase in salary and up to 30% in pay. The machinist union, the leaders of it, approved it for it to go to the vote to the people. The workers, however, overwhelmingly rejected this contract. Now, I want to put that into perspective for you. Right now, we have a Biden administration that I've said many times on the show that we have anywhere between a 15 to 20 percent interest rate increase or I'm sorry, inflation increase that we've seen over the past three years under the Biden administration alone. Just almost 20 percent. I don't know of a single person out there that has gotten a near 20% increase in their salary to compensate for that over the past three years. So that way they can continue to live the same lifestyle and have the same amount of expendable cash than what they did prior to the Biden administration. I don't know a single person that has had that. 
the machinist union for the airplane builders who are building the airplanes that continue to allow us to fly, that allow the companies to upgrade themselves with newer airplanes, which honestly aren't really the best thing because now we have smaller seats when we try to fly across the country. But nonetheless, they're still building it, and they do a great job at it. They rejected their machinist union contract proposal because they wanted more than an 18 to 20% increase in their salary over the next two to three years and a 30% bump in pay for their benefits and their retirement and their health care and their investments in the company and whatever else that they may have offered. That's not enough. Now, again, if that happened, which they did tweak a few things and then they approved it like a week later, they stood out there, they held their signs, they chanted, they felt like they were really powerful and important, and then they went on about their business, they approved it, and then they went on. I want to put this into how this affects all of us, including them. And I don't want to use the uh, aviation industry for an example because I want to use something that's more relatable to everybody. Let's say a grocery store. I love using this analogy. A grocery store shelf stocker worker that's stocking shelves that's making, I don't know, 10 bucks an hour. A little bit above minimum wage, not enough to really survive on, not really what you're supposed to be living off of and surviving off of. But nonetheless, it's something that uh, that's what they want. Okay. So they're in their stocking shelves. They say, you know what? I'm not making enough money. I can't afford the products that I even stock on the shelves. I can't afford to buy those things myself because I'm not making enough money. This is the vicious hamster wheel cycle that we're currently on in America right now. So just think about that as we go through this entire process. The worker goes to the business and says, I want more money. The business says, "Ah, sorry, no, uh, the prices are really expensive right now. It's more expensive to bring in the food, and we can't really do that because it's cutting into our profits. We can't, uh, because imagine, shocker, businesses are in business to actually make money. I know that's a crazy concept. Oh, that's right. Socialists don't like that concept. I'm sorry. You don't like people actually making money and making a profit for uh, for a lifestyle. That's the capitalist system. Get used to it. That's what we're all about, because if not, then the government's making the money, and then you're begging for the crumbs for bread. So the business says, sorry, can't give you a pay raise, because if I give you the pay raise, everybody in that same line has to make a pay raise, and I can't afford that as a business. We're trying to just maintain with a little bit of profit we're making right now. All right. The workers say, fine, to hell with you. We're going to go out and pick it. Go stand out there. We're going to make more money. That fight for 15, baby. Got to flip those burgers for $15 an hour. The same, by the way, as what many bankers are making across the nation. I know, having been one myself as a personal banker, yeah, they make about $15 an hour. So someone who's gone to college for finances or at least handles other people's finances, a little bit more of an extreme job would be paid the same as someone who's flipping your burgers at McDonald's and usually gets your order screwed up anyways. They go out and pick it. The business doesn't have a choice. Fine, let's negotiate. We'll raise your pay. We raise the pay from $10 to $13 an hour for everybody on the books that's in that same position, which is the vast majority of their workers. Now they're squeezed on whether they can even stay in business. They don't know whether they can survive or not. So what do they do? They have to raise the prices of the goods. And the goods now... The loaf of bread goes from a dollar of loaf of bread, which <laughs> I'm sorry, we're living the Trump administration. Let's go back to the Biden. It's $3 a loaf of bread. Now it's going to be $4.50 for the loaf of bread. More expensive. So what happens? Now everybody gets to pay more, including the stock worker that was complaining about not being able to afford the groceries in the first place. He comes to work the next day. Does his job, making the $15 an hour, hoorah, everything's wonderful, goes to buy the loaf of bread on the way home. Wait a second, it's more expensive. I can't afford it again. What's the cycle now? What's the next step in the process? 
Oh, yeah. He goes back to the company. He says, hey, you jacked up your prices. I can't afford this. I want a pay raise. Do you see the hamster wheel that we're on right now? Now, there's other factors in well that includes inflation, and Democrats always complain, no, that's not really true, Andy. That cycle's not true. We've debunked it many a time. There are plenty other factors that cause inflation in the economy, right? It's government printing money and devaluing the dollar. It's government spending money and devaluing the dollar. It's government regulating industries, telling them how to actually run it instead of a capitalist free market laissez-faire system. It's the government taxing industries, saying that we need to tax the raw material to the production of it, to the transportation of it, to the purchasing of it, to the retail sale of it. To the end of the day, it's been taxed like five different times. We could talk about the environmental regulations on this as well. Well, you're not producing it in an eco-friendly manner, so therefore you need to buy multi-millions of dollars of equipment in order for you to be net zero with your carbon footprint. All of these things that have caused inflation, which I don't know if you want to look at the two in sync, but we have either the socialist union trying to do the collective bargaining for individuals, or you have the government doing the collective bargaining through the government and the collective regulation and oversight through the government that are coming together and causing an industry that you can no longer afford, which is why we see ridiculously high costs on goods right now, which is why we see the inflation that we're seeing right now, which is why we see the devaluing of the dollar that we see right now, all because of the government and labor unions. Yes, I said it. It's their fault. The economy is absolute crap right now. And we'll explain why right after this. Stay here for the Voice Reason on a Labor Day weekend special. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Fighting for freedom every day. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Yes, indeed it is. Welcome back into a multiple radio stations all over the country, plus TV, live streaming, podcasting, however you watch, listen to the show. We always love you to death. Appreciate you hanging out today on a Labor Day weekend in our Weekend Review here on the Voice Reason Special Weekend Edition. So I know I probably just triggered a heck of a lot of people, especially with our new listeners up in the Seattle, Washington area, in Olympia and in Silverdale. Uh, Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm not a fan of unions. I've never been. So in college, I was looking for work. And I went to, for those that don't know, I went to Bowling Green State University in Bowling Green, Ohio. Not Bowling Green, Kentucky. Bowling Green, Ohio. And uh, now I say that with prefacing the fact that I did not last long. I went two years for the university. They were probably happy that I left and I did not get my degree. That's when I realized I wanted to do something with my life other than just stay in school and spend a whole lot of money. So I went to a broadcasting school and then look where we turned out here on a radio show all over the country. So I think it worked out okay, but I did have to spend a couple of years trying to figure out what the heck I wanted to do. While I was in college, I was trying to find a job to actually make a little bit of money because I did the stupid thing, which was taking out student loans for living expenses and for the college and for everything else. I was just like living the high life thinking that's what people did. Obviously, people are going to school and they're partying, they're having a good time. How in the world are they doing this? Not realizing that a lot of them had mommy and daddy's money and the ones that actually did hustle their way through weren't going to the parties, but were actually working. Yeah, I wasn't that smart when I was in college, but that's okay. Uh, So I went and applied for a job at UPS. Now, in Ohio, you do not have right to work laws in the state, which means that you can choose whether you want to join the union or not. So when I did my tour in in my interview through UPS, to go to their building and, you know, move the boxes and put them in the right place and do whatever they did. 
they at the end of it, they're like, all right, well, you have to join the union in order to work here. And I, uh, uh-uh, nope, not going to fly. Not going to do it. Maybe it wasn't right to work laws in Ohio. Maybe it was just the fact that uh, UPS, that was their thing, that you just had to join that. And I refused to join a group for me to pay my hard-earned money, what little I'm actually making, and pay it to an organization that's doing nothing for me. Andy, they take care of you. No, they don't. And I want to be very clear of that. There are many unions out there, and I cannot think of one right now, not a single one. Again, very triggering for some. I know it's okay. You can disagree with me on this. A lot of people do. It's all right. But I cannot think of a single union out there at all, public or private, that actually takes care of the people they say they represent. The auto union, they don't. In fact, that's why we see so many manufacturing plants going overseas, because guess what? You have screwed up the market and the value of those jobs so badly that the company can't make any money, so they'd rather spend the money to ship them overseas to be built and then import them back into the country with a tariff on them, by the way, than actually have you build them because you've screwed up that industry so badly. Teachers unions, absolute disaster. Absolute, you're probably one of the worst ones. And you have a dominant control over a lot of the politics of many states and on a statewide level. And I can tell you exactly why. When you came out as the Teachers Unions of America or Teachers Association of America, whatever the hell you are, and you came out against the Trump tax cuts back in the day because, well, you're getting rid of the write-offs for, stu- for parents who, or teachers who invest their money in their school resources. When you came out that way, instead of recognizing that teachers would actually be paying less in taxes overall, Instead of just worrying about that stupid write-off for teachers being able to invest their own money into resources in the classroom that they needed, that was a telltale sign to me to show exactly how screwed up you were because you should be, as a teacher's union supporting the teachers, should be out there complaining at why departments of education at the statewide levels and why school districts are paying them so little that they actually have to spend money in the classroom to go and get resources for their classroom and for the tools that they need to do their job. You think that that would be stuff that would come with on-hand, you know, requirements for the classroom for them to go in and have the ability to do their jobs? You would think the school district would be covering that stuff. No, 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 no. We're going to have the teachers do it. And Donald Trump's mean for taking away that tax break, even though they're still getting less taxes taken out at the end of the day and still making more money. You don't represent who you stand for. And we've lost the ability to understand that the individual, singular individual, has more power than a labor union as a whole. A.J. Rice Ryder on the corner. Stay here. This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. When Reason Meets Radio. This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Welcome back into the program. Thanks for hanging out with us today. Always a pleasure to have you along for the ride. I want to preface this as we go into our next guest, that it's been about a year since we've had this individual on. Although I talk with him on a regular basis with most of the guests that we have on the show, coming from his PR firm, and we love working with them to get these new guests, these new authors, these new conservatives, and get their messages on the program and out to you 
the listener and the voter. But we had him on just about a year ago as he came out with his new book, The Woking Dead, How Society's Vogue Virus Destroys Our Culture. And as soon as we had him on the program, it all of a sudden jumped up to number one on the Amazon billboards, which not going to take credit for that in any way, shape, or form. But happy to have him back on the program for the one-year anniversary of the book as it's making its return as he is the author of The Woking Dead, How Society's Vogue Virus Destroys Our Culture. He's also the president and CEO of Publius PR and the editor-in-chief of the Publius National Post. It's A.J. Rice. A.J., what's going on, brother? Brother Andy, great to be here. Great to talk to your audience again. Yeah, it's so good to talk to you. Yeah, this has been a popular one. And like we said, I mean, not to take any credit in any way, shape, or form, but uh, the book did very well last year. And when we talked to you, I I seem to remember it hitting number one in the Amazon charts for a while. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. No, you should take credit. That's why we're back. You know, I need to come back sooner. That's right. It can't be just a once a year type of thing. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. We got to make this a regular thing. Uh, It is a wild time. And as you poke fun at the woking dead in the woke mobs that we see in the nation, do you think Americans have had enough of this? We see the decrease of Bud Light. We see uh, Dylan Mulvaney. We see Kohl's. We see Target. We see Disney all taking massive hits right now because People don't want to support that anymore. Are we seeing a transition in society right now? Yeah, look, you know, it's the freedom of the free market. The people have the right to vote with their wallet. So if you don't want, you know, a trans creature in the tub with a bunch of Bud Light pounders, (laughs) then go get some Miller. Go get some Coors. Their, you know, their, uh, their sales went through the roof. You know, the number of taps that got added and replaced from Budweiser through the roof. I even heard that the uh, family from Budweiser that, I guess, sold um, sold Budweiser to a larger conglomerate, the original family is looking for a way to buy it back because they do not like the fact that a bunch of wackos from the humanities department – I mean, look, I run a marketing firm, right? Yeah. You want to talk about tin-eared? You want to talk about not knowing your audience? It's unbelievable that they, these, wha- these wha- woke sort of wackos, the woking dead, in the marketing and PR department at Budweiser, thought to themselves, this is going to be a great idea. Just yesterday, I saw it was a report at the Daily Wire. NASCAR got caught offering diversity internships, <laughs> um, which everyone in America can apply for unless you're a white person. So Whitey can't, you know, NASCAR, again, Budweiser, NASCAR, these guys, I mean, they do not know their audience, and the consumer is going to make them pay. Yeah. When did the businesses who are supposed to be, I mean, look, in a free market, laissez-faire capitalist society, we're supposed to have businesses that fill a void in the market for consumers and that we hold the business accountable based on whether we purchase their product or not. When did that uh, disassociation happen to where the business goes off on its own, goes rogue, and does whatever it wants to, even in disregard to what the consumer actually wants. When did we see this divide actually happen? When cultural Marxists infested big business, the pharmaceutical company, Wall Street, and they moved off of their traditional outposts in the humanities department and started getting you know, MBAs and trying to basically infiltrate, dig in like termites, like tapeworms, to get into these institutions whether it's Nike, whether it's Disney, whether it's NASCAR, Coca-Cola, Skittles, whoever the hell it is, get in there and start implementing DEI, you know, uh, type type programs, which is kind of, you know, ESG type programs in order to force us to comply. Because it dawned on them that they weren't going to win any freaking revolution sitting in lesbian poetry class, <laughs> that they needed to go in where the capitalists were 
and oust them and flip them. I mean, what do you think happened at Budweiser? You had a bunch of wackos with studies degrees, probably, right? They got in there. They have, oh, well, I have a specialty in marketing. Oh, my, 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 you know, uh, lesbian basket weaving was my minor, but marketing was my major. And they got in there and they destroyed like an American icon overnight. So, you know, they, they look, this is the playbook. This is by design, Andy. Yeah. This is cultural Marxism. And for a long time, they kind of stayed away from, you know, the Wall Street and the corporate world to some degree. Or you could rely on sort of baby boomer or older CEOs to not really buy into some of this garbage that was coming down the line, you know, from Gen X to millennials now to Gen Z. But it's in the boardroom now. It's in the boardroom. That's why you've got protests at Netflix for Dave Chappelle and protests at Spotify for Joe Rogan. They are, it's like a little intifada. It's a little woke intifada, a little uprising, right? They're running around, they're in the parking lot, and they're trying to force, to compel, whether it's a board or whether it's a CFO or a CEO, to do what they say, to do what they say. I mean, look, in the book world, one of the great things about the book world is if you want to go you want to go to an independent bookstore, you can. The problem is if you put an A.J. Wright book or a Donald Trump Jr. book uh, or a Naomi Wolf or a whatever, Laura Ingram book in an independent bookstore, you will have a rebellion on your hands. And, the, and your sales associates will quit because they're all a bunch of tattooed, pierced, you know, white liberals with dreadlocks sitting around in their bedroom shoes complaining about how Bernie Sanders got railroaded. Yeah. That is who we're dealing with here. Yeah, well, let's take it to the next level. By the way, we're talking about the A.J. Race, author of the book, uh, The Woking Dead, How Society's Vogue Virus Destroys Our Culture. Let's take it to the next level, A.J., and let's talk about ESG, because now we have businesses where even against their own will as a business trying to operate, they have the government telling them they have to get on board with this mindset, or else they won't be able to take out loans. They can't take out government contracts. They can't yeah. get government grants. Now we have the forcefulness through a lack of free market capitalism with the government telling them how to operate their business, which is the new social credit score for the private market. That's exactly it. It's this. So ESG, environmental social governance, is going to be used like a report card, like the Chinese do, to give all of us a grade on whether or not we're being good little cultural Marxists and whether or not we're complying with our corporate masters, which are getting, you know, this garbage from the Biden White House um, and on, you know, on down the line. They're getting it from, you know, academia as well. Um, so because, look, guys, and Andy just asked this question, um, a straight up answer is they are not in business to make money anymore. And they don't care if they've got the business of this audience. Jimmy Kimmel said it. I don't care if Republicans don't like my jokes. I would rather lose my entire audience than stop telling them. So this, this is and, – and, and, and Kimmel's on ABC, which is owned by Disney. Yeah. So this isn't about capitalism anymore. It's about indoctrination. The message is more important than any type of profit. And they're coming for you. Well, and it's too big okay? to fail. They're now. woke cradle robbers. Yeah. They're coming for your children. 
Yeah, and okay? it's too big to they fail. Are. It's a, they, they they're even chanting it in the streets. So, yes, they would rather push the ESG and the DEI than make money, absolutely. Yeah, it's too big to fail. They don't care about the profits. They don't care about staying in business the normal way by appealing to their consumer. It's about let's partner with the government to get the government benefit so that way we can stay in business and continue to promote the agenda as well. As we go into the presidential race for next year, we could talk forever about the Republican side, which is entertaining beyond belief. But let's focus on the Democrats for a second. There is a rumor tweet tweet that Bernie Sanders is making another speech in New Hampshire because he sees an op- an opportunity and an open door with Joe Biden potentially on the way out, trying to fill that gap again and fulfilling the FDR agenda of the new American dream. Is that another opportunity for him or is he done? I don't know. I don't know what Bernie's up to. I think he's trying to keep everybody honest. Um, you know, I, I would say that, you know, if he's going to run as an independent, I mean, that'll, I mean, that that would kill Biden. I mean, Biden's got enough problems, um, you know, with RFK Jr.'s push-up contest. I mean, the reality here is that when it comes to wokeism, there are four candidates right now that have very passionate bases, and they happen to be four candidates that really have wrapped themselves with being crusaders against the woke agenda. And that is, you know, the OG, obviously, the golden escalator OG, which is Trump. DeSantis, who his entire brand in Florida, this is where woke comes to die. Vivek, who we work with here, uh, wrote a book on it, a great book. If you want to get a two-pack, you get The Woking Dead and get Woke Inc. by Vivek Ramaswamy. And, of course, RFK Jr., who we work with here as well. These, it's, it's no surprise, and I'd like to think they've all read my book, but I certainly know some of the staff members on their teams have because yeah. um, they've told me. These four people are leading in some capacity or taking giant chunks of the Democrat Party with them with RFK Jr. These guys in some way have become the anti-woke candidate because we are dealing with tyranny, ladies and gentlemen, four types of tyranny. Wokeism is the cultural tyranny. Bidenomics is the economic tyranny. You know, there's two phony impeachments, four phony indictments is the political judicial tyranny. And then, of course, everyone here knows about the medical tyranny known as COVID. And, you know, this strain's come in and, you know, turn yourself into a pin cushion for Christmas. And, <laughs> you know, I mean, that's the medical tyranny. So you got four tyrannies that we're dealing with. Yeah. The American people have had it. Well, and we heard that on the debate stage as well with a lot of the candidates. They want to go back to the typical politician responses, and it's not working, which is why Donald Trump's done so well, which is why Vivek did so well in the debate, and which is why someone like RFK Jr. trying to rebrand the Democrat Party again back to semi-normalcy is doing so well out there as well. It is The Woking Dead, how society's vote virus destroys our culture. A.J. Rice. A.J., we always appreciate it, my friend. God bless you. Keep up this fight. Let's do it again soon. Andy, you're a patriot on the prairie. You keep fighting, brother. This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Fighting for freedom every day. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Yes, indeed it is. Last uh, couple minutes here for hour number one. Boy, how it flies a ride on by. Thanks again to A.J. Rice coming on the program. The Woking Dead is the book. Go and check it out. Great information about the wokeness in society, how we fight back, and what do we do about the madness going on in the world right now. Speaking of the wokeness, we'll get back to some of the labor union stuff 
in a bit for hour number two. It is Labor Day weekend, so I think we should have some fun, have a conversation about it. And the power that you have that you don't realize you have. No, this is not a religious uh, speech, uh, nor is it some type of motivational speech as well. But I guess it could be a motivational speech if you wanted it to be, because, hey, we do have ability without the collective of a union moving forward. But it's real quickly on the wokeness. I don't know if you've seen this. This actually came out today, hat tip to Breitbart News. But while the other side says they're not about going after children or allegedly not going after children, even though they're out in the streets saying, hey, we're coming for your children. Get ready. While we see the public education system focus a lot on, hey, let's not worry about math. Let's worry about what gender identity you prefer or what sexual orientation that you identify with. While they try to go down that road of garbage, uh, they say that they're not after the children. However, the YMCA, remember that song? Yeah, remember the reason for the YMCA was actually a Christian boys organization for them? Well, apparently the YMCA in Keene, New Hampshire, will be hosting next weekend on September 8th an LGBTQ plus teen night out is what they're calling this event. Oh, yes. The YMCA of Keene, New Hampshire, according to BreitbartNews.com, is proud to be hosting the LGBTQ plus teen night out as they want to, quote, play some games, eat some food, listen to music, go for a swim, hang out with friends. This event is free and open to all middle and high school students, brought to you in collaboration with Keene Pride. Apparently, there's a pride organization in the area that's putting this event on. Now, you remember those lockout or lock-in nights? At the YMCA, Chad, jump on here for just a moment. You remember those? I, as a kid, I I loved going to those. I went to those a few times of the the YMCA lock in, where you stayed there till like ten, eleven o'clock at night, and got to do whatever you want to. Did you do the one of those growing up? I did them all throughout junior high and high school. Loved yeah. them, absolutely yeah, loved them. Absolutely loved them. They're fantastic. They were a lot of fun. Well, apparently. This this is what we're doing now with the LGBTQ middle and high school students. The ones who have been told that we need to focus on gender, the ones that have been told that we need to focus on sexual identity, the ones that were told that they need to focus on themselves and their body and their autonomy is the number one priority. Because remember, it's not just, you know, oh, I decided to do this, but I don't want you to really focus on it because that's not who I am. That's just how I feel better about myself in appearance wise. But I just want to go along with life. To me, okay, cool. If you want to do that as an adult, not as a child, but as an adult, whatever. Do your own thing, man. I really don't care. No judgment here. But when it becomes your sole identity, there's a problem. When it becomes your sole identity, then there's an issue because now it's, oh, hey, you should pay attention to me because of this, which is what they're telling the children, which is why we have middle schoolers thinking that they have to go down this road. And imagine all those kids that are focused on that being locked into an YMCA for a majority of the night, hanging out, having fun. It goes deeper. At the same time, while they're playing games, they're having fun, they're doing their thing with the keen pride at the YMCA that is no longer promoting the Christian values that it tried to uphold for itself, the YMCA is also hosting on the same day a seminar called Understanding Gender Identity 101 with the C. PC of Elm City Coalition, Nick Ferriello, where he says, quote, he will share his own transition story in the corporate world, dispel common misconceptions about gender identity, and introduce the conception of the gender-bred person. Gender, there's a, there's a gender, <laughs> hold on, I have to reread that again because I'm confused. There's a gender-bred person, 
That is a new term. I haven't heard that one yet. What's a gender-bred person? The misconception about the gender identity induced the concept of the gender-bred person, according to the description of the event. The discussion is free to the community and sponsored by the Savings Bank of Walpole. There it is. Your children, while they're not coming after your children, and while we've seen a 700% increase or whatever it is of people that identify within that age group of that LGBTQ agenda area. Oh, yeah. Now they're going to hold a lock-in at the YMCA only for those kids. You're the super special ones. You're the super-duper cool ones. No one else can be part of this. Only you. That's why you have to come in and partake in this. Everybody else, you don't bounce in, man. We don't want you around here. We don't like your types around here being all normal-like. Strange world we live in. Hour number two of the voice reason. We got lots more to get to. We have presidential campaign updates plus Bill Ogden. He's with Tactical Civics. He'll be joining us in hour number two as well. It's our special weekend edition here on a Labor Day weekend on the voice reason. Lots more coming up. Stay right here.